Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's guest is Tim Ritchie. Tim and I spoke before the Boston Marathon, a race that he grew up watching as an athlete and coach at Boston College, which is right after Heartbreak Hill on the marathon course. In our interview, which took place on the Friday before the marathon, Tim shared that he hadn't run in the last seven days and more about the dark place he was in leading up to race day and how he was managing that. Tim had a 2.21 debut at the 2013 Boston Marathon and has brought his marathon time down to a 2.11.56 en route to winning the USA Track and Field Marathon Championships at CIM in 2017. We talked about what got him out the door the first time, his progression, and how he keeps the fire lit as a pro runner. We talked about his love for the journey, both his own and those of the athletes that he coaches now at UMass Amherst and with McCurdy Trained. We dug into his why and the spiritual and religious connection he feels when he's running and racing. Tim runs for Saucony and coaches at UMass Amherst and with McCurdy Trained. Enjoy. Hello again. I'm here with Tim Ritchie in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim is in town to uh, to get a little bus ride out to Hopkinton and uh, and find his way back in. So thanks for joining me today, Tim, and uh, excited, to, excited to chat. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Looking forward to it. For sure. So you've run Boston a couple times now. What What is it that, that keeps bringing you back? Yeah, that's a great question to start. <laughs> We're just going to dive right into it. Yeah, something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just such a special race for me. Like, uh, I knew about Boston before I really knew about running. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, we'd come in here, and with my uncle, it took me in, I think, for my first Boston. And um, yeah, it was just such a cool concept to see so many people running together in the same direction. You know, it was just, it was such a novel thing yeah. for me. And then uh, going to BC and watching the race every year, um, it really just kind of became the lifeblood of what the running community is to me and what this, you know, what running means for the city. So, um, you know, it's it's evolved a lot over the years, my relationship with the marathon and my relationship with, with running. Um, but yeah, Boston's kind of been, a, in more ways than one, a foundational piece of my running story. Definitely. So... Uh, you mentioned that that BC is uh, sort of a, a a big brick in the in the house of uh, of of your running. I've run Boston a couple times, and and there's just that energy when you when you crest Heartbreak and you're coming down past past BC. And I did a little course preview, and I recorded it. And my commentary was the most beer per per square foot on the entire course is right on that front yard, but. Talk to me about like the energy that, that that brings, and then what does it do for you as someone who's who's racing, you know, all out? Yeah, no, it's 
it's unbelievable because um, that's where I was as a fan for many years. Um, it's just such a unique part of the course because it's after you crest heartbreak. And so you see just a lot of this triumph. You know, everybody yeah. who's there, everyone's totally exhausted and drained after cresting heartbreak. But you see this like, wow, I did that. I'm going to make it sort of thing. So that was always inspiring for me as a, as a athlete and a coach at BC when we'd be out there from the first runner to the last runner supporting everybody through. Um, and then, yeah, this is, I've run Boston twice previously and barely made it to the top of heartbreak the first time and really was relying on the crowd to kind of pull me down the backside. And then last year I didn't even make it uh, to that part, which is really disappointing uh, and, and really hurt because yeah, those guys on the team now, I don't know many of them anymore because I've been removed for the last three years. But, um, you know, talking with my old coach at BC, he said they're all out there super excited to to cheer me on. And, um, you know, I know that the community there is aware that I'm going to be running. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely really special. It was like a holiday every year at BC. So um, I know they'll be out. They'll be up early uh, lubricating their Whistles. cheering voices. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's going to be a rowdy time. Nice. What's your favorite spot on the course? I mean, that's it. That's it for sure. You know, just uh, seeing Gasson Tower um, when you round the bend at the top of Heartbreak and uh, f- just flying down that backside to, you know, like you run by my old dorm. So it's just yeah. like a, it just feels like home. You know, I've run that stretch from 17 to 22, like a million times. So, um, and just out, every time I see the tower at the top of the hill, uh, you know, it's really, it's really special. And when you, when you make it there from Hoppington, it's, yeah, it's always a pretty emotional experience for me. Definitely. So you've been running for a while. What, what got you into it? What got you out the door the first time? Yeah, it's in my family. Um, I had two brothers and a sister that were on the high school team and, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't the sport that any of us did as kids. Like we're all little league baseball players in Worcester. Um, and I was always good at the warm up and good at running the bases. So maybe there was some foundational work there. Um, then my older brothers ran cross country. And when I was an incoming freshman, uh, the coach found out there was a third Richie boy. It was kind of mandatory that I'd be, <laughs> I'd be on the team. So, um, yeah, I remember just going out for like my first run with them and like we ran the three mile cross country course and it was, um, yeah, just this feeling of teamwork and camaraderie and accomplishment that I didn't really ever get in baseball. Um, it was just something, something really primal about it. And so, yeah, that was the early experience. Um, you were like the team aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just something like the, the connective flow you get with other runners when you're out on a run. Um, you know, I'm training solo a lot now, so it's something that I, I really miss. Um, but I, I find that in other ways, uh, even if it's not a physical, a physical thing I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, just like, yeah, just a bunch of guys in shorts ripping through the trails. Like there's just something really simple about it. Yeah, basic. Yeah. Uh, and I try to not lose sight of that now that running's kind of taken on this whole new life and, uh, you know, a career in many ways. And so, um, just try to remember that like, yeah, what, what did get me into this in the first place? And it was, yeah, family and, um, yeah, and teamwork. One of the consistencies, and it's going to sound silly to people that listen to all these episodes because I, I say this every time. Uh, one of the consistencies of people that are on this podcast uh, is the the emphasis on the journey and not the specific outcome. Like if you, if you don't hit 
your goal time, or your goal place on Monday, it can't be the end all be all, right? How do you how do you manage the expectation as as an elite athlete while also staying true to like you just love running? Yeah, uh, that that is the challenge, you know. And um, I remember when I first signed my pro deal, like feeling this extra expectation that I now had to go on and like do something different or do right. something better. Um, but they didn't sign you for that. They signed you for what you, you know, what you had done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and obviously they they believed and invested in my potential, and right. um, there's been glimpses of that, so it's been <laughs> good. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're in the sport long enough, there's so many ups and downs, um, and I think the very act of running kind of teaches us that. Like yep. every run you go on is a story. Like you have, you're feeling good, or you're not feeling good, or you're at one point, you know, you're always in transition, um, and so learning to treat my running journey, like you said, or career or experience as, as a run has kind of been, has given me some sort of peace with the, with the ups and downs. Cause there's been some really high moments in my running life and some, some really low moments. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just try to never lose sight of how lucky I am to like have two legs that move and a beating heart and just try to, um, just be grateful for gift of my life and the gift of movement. Definitely. So, when it when the going gets tough, when when you know you're at mile seventeen, mile eighteen, mile nineteen, you know, getting up heartbreak, what are what's going through your head? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two things. Like you're in a practical way, you're kind of locking in on your training, and you're remembering the work that you put in, and and what your race plan is, and that you're prepared to handle those moments. Um, and then there's always a kind of for me a spiritual. Uh, emotional element of that as well, where I'm kind of remembering why I'm doing this and thinking of my wife and my mother and like uh, all the people that, um, that have made this possible for me. Um, and so it's just kind of drawing on them. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort truly is, even if it's just me out there putting one foot in front of the other. Does that make it easier on the, on the, the runs you're out by yourself on? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've always been a, a bit of an introvert and yeah, just going out there and spending some time with myself or, uh, you know, with, for me, spending time with God or, or with the, you know, my angels. Um, that's, yeah, I'm always trying to be cognizant of, of that when I'm out for a run. So, um, but then sometimes, I mean, I'm also a competitor, so sometimes you're just out there trying to rip and, right. uh, that that's good fuel too, you know, and whether it's a tough training run or when you're in a competition, you're like trying to get down to the the nitty gritty of, of competing as well. Right. Um, so yeah, I've been lucky to be able to, uh, have a competitive, an elite competitive element of my running, um, because I do think that gives it a, yeah, kind of a new perspective sometimes. Definitely. So how do you keep it fresh and balanced with, um, saving the or enjoying the run and fulfilling the sponsor obligations and work obligations and family obligations how do you how do you sort of uh, manage all of those things yeah i mean i think they're all connected so i just try to use um you know running is it finds its way into every element of my life for better or for worse and so um yeah i try to just keep a balanced perspective. So, um, when you have a good run, you're grateful for it. When you have a bad run, 
part great of the territory. Yeah, it's just like okay. Um, so I've always been pretty good, at least externally, <laughs> as far as like uh, letting it be what it is and and moving forward. So, um, but I've been really fortunate to have a you know a wife that's got my back and she's like lets me do this and supports me in it and um same with my my coworkers and my athletes at at uh, UMass so um go Minutemen go Minutemen we got a big uh, national championship hockey game tomorrow yeah it's going to so. be a, it's going to be a good one up in buffalo oh yeah so we're <laughs> super excited after last night's game um but yeah i just been really fortunate to have just uh, the right people in my corner and um that's been the case since since day one, since I started running with my brothers and my high school coach, and just yeah, it's been a blessing. Cool. What's it like being the coach out there? Um, it's been awesome. You know, it's definitely been a transition uh, for me and for the guys. You know, they've uh, they had three coaches within a twelve month span. You know, with a retiring coach and an interim coach, and then myself coming in. But they've been really supportive and really patient with me, and uh, you know, they're buying in and they're believing in what we can do and. Um, you know, I went to, U- I came to UMass because I think we can be a winning program and, uh, it's a school I've always had a passion for as a mass native and they got a great tradition and so it's just been fun learning and meeting a lot of alumni and, um, yeah, coming up on, on one year. So it's been a blast so far. I'm looking nice. forward to, to building some, some bridges out there. Where do you guys do most of your training? Uh, we're kind of all over the place. So there's some great, great spots on campus, you know, for doing cross country specific work. We have a cross country course on mm-hmm. campus. Um, and then we're running north of campus a lot. Once you get up into uh, the boonies above Amherst, uh, there's some great dirt roads and hills that go for days and, uh, you know, single track trails. There's like 100 miles of single track trails just in the greater Amherst area. So, um, you know, you could be out there and run something different every day of the week. Cool. So uh, you asked, when is this podcast being released? And I said, not until after Monday. And so you said we can get into the good stuff then. So let's <laughs> let's hear the good stuff. What, what, what do you, what are you excited about for Monday? Yeah. I'm, I mean, well, to be honest, man, I'm just hoping to get to Monday. So yeah, yeah I haven't a big weekend ahead. Yeah. Um, but I haven't run in the last seven days. All so right. it's been a, it's been a, my body's putting me through a bit of a challenge here, a bit of a hurdle in the, in the 11th hour. So, um, so what do you tell yourself in a, in a moment like that? Yeah, you just there's nothing you can do, you know. I'm just trying to uh, be hopeful and be positive. But I've there's definitely been some dark days. Like um, I thought I was making some progress, and then Monday, Tuesday was just in a lot of pain and discomfort um, in my my right hip. And uh, yeah, just kind of you know, um, as much as externally, I want to be a voice for positivity and. Uh, be like, oh, it's just in my mind. I can control this. There's, it's been pretty dark. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, just because I care so much about this race and an opportunity to, um, you know, just kind of honor all the people that have been a part of this thing. And Boston's always funny because I'll get like calls and text messages from people I haven't talked to in like forever, yeah. wishing me luck and saying that they'll be out there cheering for me. And I get those even when I'm not running Boston, like on a year that I don't run Boston, I'll get 50 good luck in Boston text messages from people that I used to know. Yeah. Uh, so I do feel like it's a one race of the year where I can kind of go out and celebrate the sport with, with, uh, everybody. Um, so thinking that that may or may not happen or that might not happen to the level that I think I'm capable of has been, uh, a bit of a challenge. 
it gets back to the 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 journey though right it's all you know it can't be good all the time because then it'd be boring right yeah no definitely and uh yeah there's been a lot of like yeah i try to i'm a pretty religious person and um how does that play into your running i would say it's pretty fundamental um but in in anything in my life you know i try to view it all as a gift and um yeah and just try to really spend some time listening to like you know what this is all supposed to be about right it's just running yeah and so i don't know i always say that like god made me a runner because that was the language uh that he knew i'd understand and we could kind of communicate express it though yeah yeah and so i do feel like that's when i have my conversations with him and um you know and yeah so it's kind of it's kind of been fundamental um and it's easy to lose track of that. Like, unfortunately, I feel more connected to it when it's not going well. I think this is a case for a lot of people. It's like when things are going really well, you kind of forget the, the, uh, you know, you forget to give thanks in those moments right. and then you expect something in the dark moments. And so I've been trying to really like have that perspective and be like, this is, it's all good. Like if I get to run, great. If I don't get to run, I got to figure out some other way to make the day special for other people. Um, so, yeah. So, but it has given me a little bit of patience. Like whatever, whatever comes on Monday morning, uh, it is what it is. Meant to be. Yeah. I have a friend who um, she got into running. She's also she's also uh, a religious person, and her take on it is God made her fast for a reason, and that's how she expresses her joy. And and uh, it would be a shame to waste it. You know, a gift like that. And so she uses her her speed, her her gift of of athleticism as a way to sort of celebrate and share and motivate others and and that kind of stuff. I, I find that I find that really cool. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And then, but there's also that challenge of like, um, I also want to win, you know. Right. And so that's been a a, a process as well. Is like, how do I navigate this like desire to win and beat other athletes right. with this you know uh humility of you know just accepting this as a, as a gift and, and it's, so it's just kind of funny like where does pride kind of come into this like am i really doing this to honor god or am i doing this just because i want to win a race but it's like uh you, it's not like i don't know how to how to say it but like you you've You've done the you've done the work to sort of honor the process, and you've put in the work, and it's just it's a celebration of everyone's fitness. Like everyone that's able to get to that start line has gone through their ups and downs, and from there on out, like it's gravy, and and may the best athlete win. But that's the game. No, that's definitely true. That's what I try to keep my athletes aware of. I'm like, just control what you can control. Right. You know, you can't. Can't change the weather. You can't change what your competitors as are doing. As much as you can tweet about it, you can't change the weather. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, just go give your best. And then no matter what, when you cross the finish line, you'll know that you have done that. You know. Speaking of things you can't control, what do you think about the weather? <laughs> <laughs> On, like, I've just been checking it out of curiosity. Yeah. Like, I could care less. You know, obviously I struggled in, in 2018 because of the weather, but... Um, for me, like I, I come to Boston to compete, right? And and to, come to Boston for a good day, a good weather day. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, we've been out here all winter trying to, 
you know, we're running it. It's been a cold, tough winter. Um, and so, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I mean, but who knows? Like, that's the great thing about this race is you get something on a Saturday, and then that Monday is the polar opposite. So, And Tuesday, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's a given. That's what you yes. can control. That is Tuesday very is true. always nice. <laughs> I mean, at least it's not Saturday. I think Saturday would be a, a hot one. Yeah. Tomorrow would be a hot yeah. one. Yeah. But um, what are – what so – Talk about the the lead into Boston. Do you do tune up races? Do you do you are you head down working since January? What is what does a build look like for you? Yeah. So how it looks for me is probably slightly different than how it may look for somebody else. I'm just trying to like be consistent and get through the weeks. So <laughs> uh there's been a lot of adjustments and a lot of changes and a lot of um you know, just times where I had to go with the flow. And this right. year is the first year that I'm really working at a full-time, full-time plus level. Like I've always been coaching since I started running, but as a head coach, it's kind of a, definitely a, a new challenge. Um, you're on sort of all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There, you are. And so you, you're, you're emotionally connected. You're, it's a physically demanding job being a college coach. You're traveling a lot. You're on your feet a lot. Um, and so... Yeah, and I've always been kind of a lower mileage kind of athlete, and I feel like I just try to get fit, and hopefully it lines up with a, a race. And so it's been it's been fun. I mean, I ran, I did run a race during the buildup around New York City half in the middle of March, um, which was a lot of fun. We had probably we had I think six Saucony athletes in the top ten, so it was super cool to be running along with them, yeah. um, which is which is a lot of fun for me. Like I said at the beginning, team. The team element, teamwork is a great thing, and I don't get to experience that all that much anymore as a pro, so um, tapping into that there was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, just trying to, like, yeah, be consistent, and, you know, you don't need to hit any home runs. just got to string together a bunch of base hits and um, show up to the, show up on race day fit and healthy. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of, you know, people are like, oh, I want to be cute this year. It's like, well, I just had a conversation with, um, with uh, was it with? It was with Peter Bromka, and he was saying, um, you know, you can you can tell me that you want to be Q this year, but what if I tell you that, you know, you should plan three years out, or you should, you know, you want to Olympic trials qualify, you're not doing that this year, five years out. How, what, what sort of tips do you have for people that are looking to string together consistency and looking to, like, put together season after season as a coach and as an athlete? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to um patience you know you just gotta be you just gotta be patient like you can't do it all at once uh it's a difficult thing to tell an athlete that especially often either a newer athlete or a high level athlete both have the same things like a newer athlete is seeing a lot of improvement quickly and they want more of it right uh, more miles more miles more yeah. miles they're like well i did x and now i'm running this fast so if i do 2x i'll run right. twice as fast yeah um whereas they gotta learn the the peaks and valleys of, of training over time. And then the elite athlete, if they get a taste of victory or a taste of a, you know, breakout performance, they want another one. Right. Um, and so that's, that's a difficult thing. So for me, I try to view every season as kind of an independent thing. You know, you are building on a cumulative body of work, but you know, every run you go on is a different day and a different time of year. Like you can't compare one run you did to another. Right. So, um, so for me, just having that patience to to put the bricks down one by one is, is really important. 
Um, and then just to balance the rest with the work. And so I've always been okay with days off and weeks off and, uh, you know, just giving my body and my mind a chance to kind of freshen up and prepare for the next one. So do you take a weekly rest day? Yeah, usually at least once a week. Um, we tried to go once every 10 days or so and it was okay. Um, and then I'll cross train a lot, you know, if I'm having a rough day or if it's icy or something like that, yep. I'll, I'll cross train. So, uh, but usually trying to run six days a week. Um, that's, that's pretty much been the case since I was a college athlete. And, um, for you, you said you're not on the higher mileage side of things. What is, what is a, a consistent, you know, in, in season, in training week look like for you? Yeah, I'd say I'm probably usually, um, in the high sixties, low seventies. So, you know, during marathon prep, we'll try to have one or two big sessions a week. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the days are kind of recovery, uh, recovery work or tune up type stuff. Um, and that seemed to work pretty well. You know, I can handle the long workouts pretty well, but I've just never been able to really double, um, or string together like a lot of days in a row. Um, mainly because I've been working, I think it has something to do with it. Like, um, I'm getting my double in walking down to the track and back every day and, <laughs> right. you know, you're getting uh, time on the feet. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what my, my college coach, Matt Kerr would say is like, it's your training. You walk two miles to campus right. every day and you walk two miles home. He's like, you're here running around stressing out. Like right. that's yeah. Stress is stress. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the biggest thing that, that people are, are missing, um, that like work stress is, is adding on top of your training stress. And like my coach has us all on um, Monday rest days because Monday is often the most stressful day of the week. And so you remove the physical training stress and add the life stress and it sort of balances out. Yeah, exactly. What are some tips you would have for, for Tim of 2010 or 2008, you know, looking 10 years back? Yeah, um, I would just tell that dude to take better care of his body. <laughs> like I think um, I've been gifted a pretty good engine um but a pretty fragile frame yep and so it's always been so easy for me to like or it was when i was younger to just roll out of bed and be ripping sub six minute miles like on a daily basis and my old club teammates here in boston would always never run with me because i'd go run 10 milers in 58 minutes like every day yeah um and they'd be running 730 pace on the river yeah and so that stuff always came so easy that I didn't um, do much self-care in the way of like mobility, strength work, uh, good nutrition, hydration. Like these are all things now that, you know, looking back, my coaches would push on me and I just kind of wouldn't take them as seriously. Yeah. And now that I'm paying the price for like my sins of <laughs> sins of youth, of youth, it's like, man. If only I drank more water, like it's <laughs> something so simple, yeah. like, uh, do a plank every now and then yeah. sort of thing. Uh, warm up before you go <laughs> running 10 miles. Yeah. yeah. What is a, what is your mobility work? What is your, do you do Cairo? Do you do acupuncture? Things like that. What, what's a, what's a week outside of running look like? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is just self care and I'm still like, I st- honestly, I'm still like kind of a bum about it. And, uh, some of that I like. I use the excuse of work. It's like, oh, well, I'll finish a run and be like, oh, I got to get to the office. But, you, you know, there's uh, there's time. And I tell my guys who, like, complain about not having enough time in the day. I'm like, dude, you're in college. You have, <laughs> I know that you mess life. You have yeah, time. <laughs> there's plenty of time to sit and, and stretch for 
five minutes, yeah. of, you know? Um, and so I'm trying to get better at it. And, uh, you know, I had a great support staff out here in Boston when I lived here and then even in New Haven when I was in Connecticut. Um, so I'm still trying to like assemble my team of providers out in Western Mass. Um, but yeah, just trying to spend some time, uh, you know, f- little things, foam rollings, stretching, like doing some stability work. I'm in the weight room twice a week with the UMass team and that's been awesome. Like we got a great strength and conditioning coach and she's, uh, she's got a good plan for us. And so I'm feeling a lot stronger. Um, so you're doing the workouts with, yeah, I'm doing them with the guys. Yeah. Mainly so I can get a sense of like, how does that translate to their running? And also I just think it's the right stuff to do. And so I'm really happy with her plan and, um, guys, guys are, you know, running well and staying healthy because of it. So, um, yeah, trying to push like the, uh, do as I say, not as I did yeah. thing on them. And, and they're, for the most part, they're buying it. And it's hard to get college kids to drink water and go to bed before instead midnight. Of, but Instead of Bud Lights. Yeah. <laughs> or it was not Keystone the, at UMass. Keystone, yeah. yeah. Not these guys, though. No, they're all, <laughs> they're all good guys. And you do online coaching, too, right? Yeah, I've been uh, coaching with McCurdy Trained, uh, shoot, like three years now. Um, so, yeah, that's been... That's been awesome. Um, I've really kind of enjoyed coaching a variety of athletes. Um, What's the range there? Is it is it new runners? Is it yeah? It's a, it's over the course of the three years. It's been everybody. Um, like I coach some people who I would consider elite athletes, like Olympic trials qualifiers and uh, things like that. And then when I was in New Haven, we'd run some programs for the local twenty k, and you'd get people who like this one woman she ran 11 minutes and 30 seconds for the mile at practice and that was the fastest she'd ever run a mile in her whole life and i was like this is amazing (laughs) and so seeing it all and and trying to learn like okay how does my experience coaching elite athletes at the collegiate level right and being an elite athlete how can i translate that to somebody who's um figuring all the stuff out for the first time and it's been yeah it's been a great journey and they've all been really patient really um you know, they, they've all been super supportive. So it's, it's been fun. And then I got everybody in between, you know, people yeah. here running Boston and things like that. What is the, what is the athlete coach relationship look like for online coaching? So I try to keep my, uh, athlete roster pretty small. Um, so I can develop a personal relationship with all of them. Um, and so every athlete's different. Like I got one woman and, and she's great runner and I just give her the training and she goes and does it. And it's like, it's like no call, issues. Yeah. It's like formulaic. Yeah. So I'll like call her and be like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, everything went great. Everything's fine. I'm just like, okay, I'm here cool. if you need yeah. me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want to do more, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I had some athletes who are, you know, really curious learners and, um, have been, you know, asking me questions and, and, uh, trying to see how it all pieces together. And now that we've been working together for a couple of years, um, it's been fun to watch the, watch those relationships grow. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Like I said, I probably coach about twelve athletes, and um, which is which is I think about the most I can do right now. Cool. What's your favorite distance to compete in? Yeah, I'd say it's a marathon. It's what yeah. is it about the marathon? Uh, well, one I think it's I'm good at it, or I hope to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say you're good at it. Yeah. Okay, I'm good at it. Uh. I just, I don't know. It's like the one race that I've never been nervous on the start line of, you know, there's some sort of like tranquility to the distance. Um, versus and, like a 5k. Yeah. Versus a 5k. Like, and you know, the 
every race has has its merits. Like I love the mile when I did it, but man, I'd be like the right. energy yeah. getting ready to run a mile on an indoor track versus uh, towing the line of a of a marathon is is quite different. Um, and they both have their merits. And just like I think where I'm at in my life right now, I just kind of enjoy the pace of the marathon and um, the community community feel of it. But I was lamenting with my teammate Brian earlier today, like. I was like, I don't think I'll ever put track spikes back on. <laughs> and and I kind of miss that feeling of being fast. Yep. You know? So we have a question from uh from our good friend Seth Waltz. He wants to know, um, what is the what is the coffee mug that you'll bring to the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, my my collection grows bigger and bigger every day. So we gotta figure out which is gonna be the best one. But I got this great uh coffee and cats mug that I've really kind of grown attached to. So if I'm over in Tokyo without my little fur ball, I'll have to bring a mug or something to, to remember him by. Is it your cat's face on the mug? It's not my cat's face. No, it's kind of like a cartoon cat uh, in a coffee mug. Got and it. Uh, yeah, I should get a personalized one of. That'd be cool. Yeah. He's like, I never had a pet growing up. And we got this cat four years ago. And he's the greatest thing in the world. Nice. What gets you really excited? Why why do you get up in the morning? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Some mornings you wake up, you're like, <laughs> I'll go back to bed. No, I Screw get, <laughs> I, well, for me, it's great because I get to wake up next to my wife every day. And so I think that's the most exciting thing is like, uh, just being able to spend another day with her and, um, you know, we've been on this great journey together for the last couple of years and going through some transitions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've been... Yeah, it's been an interesting year for me, you know, this moving to a new place, starting a new job, meeting new people. Um, and it hasn't been the easiest thing. There's been a lot of challenge in the transition for sure. Um, but, you know, I get up every day hoping to make the most of the day, you know, um, try not to take it for granted. Uh, there's definitely moments these last two weeks, especially where I'm kind of like sitting and sulking and saying, ah, I like it. You can't be doing this. Like there's so much goodness out there. Yeah. So I get excited. Um you know, when the guys are happy, I get excited when my wife comes home from a good day at work. I get excited to have a cup of coffee with my cat and uh, slow down, you know. Um, I'm a pretty simple person. Uh, it doesn't take much to excite me, but I also don't really ever get too excited. You know, I kind of ride a mellow emotional line, um, at least externally, where I'm kind of, I only really vacillate between so high and so low. The deviation is... Uh... It, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, what uh, what tips do you have for someone running their first marathon? Is the first marathon the Boston Marathon? Can be. Could be. Um, I would just tell them to enjoy it, you know? Like, I've, I think that's been the theme all along is, like, if you're not having fun doing this, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And uh, anybody who's properly prepared for a marathon knows the amount of sacrifice they had to make to get to the start line. And so to take that for granted or to be nervous or to be worried about the next 26 miles would be a disservice to that hard work. So I would just encourage people to take a deep breath and just put one foot in front of the other. So Another rip. yeah. So it's funny. I, w I remember doing a panel discussion and, uh, all the other people were like given the cautious advice. And then I was like, man, if you're feeling good, just let it fly. Like, Tear it. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. Yeah. Um, 
which can be great advice in marathon or could be the worst advice in marathon so especially marathon like boston yeah yeah and so but it's 10k downhill feels awesome yeah no it's but then you never know because like if ryan hall went out slow in 2011 you wouldn't run to a four like i think he woke up and was like this is a special day i'm gonna put it out there right um and that was an inspiring race for me watching that live it was just uh these people just like sprinting down the backside of Harbor yeah. Break Hill. And it was just, uh, sometimes you got a feeling and you just got to go with just it. gamble. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, if you finish and you feel good, it's kind of like, all right, cool, but what if, what if, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, um, that's fine. I, I've run six marathons and it's um, three for six as far as like how I feel. Yeah. And every time I have, Those a, are, that's a great ratio. It's not bad. I mean, <laughs> if I was batting for the Red Sox 500, I'd yeah. be making I mean, the baseball, paycheck. you're a killer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's like when you're, when you're in it and it's going well, you're just floating. It's, yeah. Um, like when I won at CIM until I crossed the finish line and vomited all over the place, <laughs> it just felt like I was out for a run. Like yeah. I was just, I was just out for a run. Um, so it was just one of those special days, you know? I don't know yeah. if that was training or if it was what what it was. It was just... Uh, did you know... Did you, Could you feel that flow? I mean, I did late. Like, I was trying... The goal was to go through the half in 67, mm-hmm. even if I was in last place. And so I went through, like, 66, 50 or something. Um, and then I started to pick off guys that were sitting in front of me. Right. And then I tried to just run off of effort, but... Uh, and then I was peeking down at some splits and was running some four fifties, four fifty fives, and I was just like, "Oh dang! Like slow down, slow down! You don't need to do that yet." But just yeah. felt, just felt good. Yeah. So I was like, stop looking at my watch and start racing it up for the last ten miles. And um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's one of those days. So I think that's the thing with the marathon is like you could have that day or you could have the opposite of that day, and some of that is in your control and a lot of it's not. Right. So um, yeah, you just kind of. Like we were talking about at the beginning, it's about acceptance, you know? It's about removing your expectations sometimes and uh, just opening your heart and your mind and body to whatever you get. Cool. I think that's a good uh, good note to end on here. And uh, wishing wish you the best luck on Monday. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll, we'll, have known, we'll know what happens, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you out there. Hope to see you flying up uh, mile 18. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Yep. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.